Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. This is Indian Noir. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 6 of His Night Begins. Gulab got the feeling that the brothers were leaving her alone because she was a gift for Kalisab. She knew this because the elder brother recounted stories of what they did to women they transported. The younger one giggled as his brother pointed out spots where they parked and gang-raped the girls before throwing them back in the van. They did not speak to her directly. She was merely cargo they were transporting to a customer an inanimate object. They drove for two days through winding and steep roads, stopping occasionally to eat at roadside dhabas. The brothers ate while Gulab was securely bound, gagged and hidden in the van. They would drive on, and the men would pull up at deserted stops and untie her and let her eat takeaway food. They would then tie a leash to her neck and lead her into the bush, to let her do her business. This must be what it's like to be an animal, she thought. Gulab slept or pretended like she was sleeping most of the way. Once, she saw the younger brother watch her intently. She didn't want to imagine his lurid thoughts. When she did sleep, her nightmares were full of his ugly grin. She would wake up every time the van hit a pothole. The world outside was a diorama seen through black-tinted windows. It started to look alien to her. They stopped at a few police checkposts, but the driver produced envelopes filled with notes inside his license book, and they were waved through without even a cursory check. In one instance, she made muffled sounds through the gag. She was pretty sure the officer heard her. He glanced at her through the driver's window and then stepped back, letting the van through. The slow demise of her hope was unbearable. When they reached the farm, they pulled her out of the van and handed her over to a large man with a handlebar moustache. He wore a white vest, a blue lungi and a yellow belt with a knife dangling from it. They called the man Punichami. He promptly grabbed a brown paper bag from the brothers, which Gulab suspected was money. 
He looked into the bag once and turned his head to the right, as if to dismiss the couriers. Enjoy your last few days, the elder brother said. The younger one started laughing uncontrollably, thumping his brother on the back. Gulab watched them in rage, her vision blurred by hot tears as they jumped in the van and drove away. The farmhouse was set on top of a small hillock and surrounded by dry grass as long as the eye could see. Goats with dirty fur roamed the vast landscape, bleating and shitting and nibbling on the shrubs. Mountains, otherworldly and colossal, surrounded them like sentinels. The man untied her hands and removed the gag from her mouth. Come on, he said rudely. The long trip in the van had made her legs stiff and sore. Gulab hobbled outside the side of the house and followed the man as he walked in the direction of the cowshed behind the main building. It was built with mud bricks and featured a thatched roof. Two large cows, tied to a wooden railing, chewed on grass and watched her dispassionately as Punachami led her to a small room built into the shed. She stood in front of it with fearful eyes. Do you need a special invitation? Gulab moved closer to the door. He pushed her inside and locked the door. It was empty. The smell of urine overwhelmed her senses, and all manners of flies explored her skin. I am now the equivalent of a piece of shit, she thought. Sanali was a sprawling border town with dusty concrete blocks, cattle markets, street vendors selling smuggled goods and dirt roads. A vast savanna of dry grass and stunted trees radiated out of its borders. Tall mountains rose in the distance, snow-capped and cold. It was a town that could have died slowly and painfully, and forgotten by history, had it not been on the trading route between India and Nepal. The highway that cuts through the town brought demand for mechanics, chefs, hoteliers and sex workers. Before long, evil men who smuggled guns, drugs and human beings made Sanali their home. The man who controlled the gates of this kingdom and maintained its sordid reputation was Inspector Rahman Tariq with the Border Protection Force. He was six feet tall with very curly hair. He was lean to the point of looking unhealthy. He had severe eczema on his hands and so he wore black gloves. His face was covered in freckles and his dark brown eyes fixed everyone with an inquisitorial gaze. He had already built marble houses for his three wives in his hometown in Dajistan, and he was working towards owning a chain of liquor stops before retirement. Nothing escaped his hawk-like gaze. Beasts could roam the jungle that was Sanali and take what they wanted as long as the king was given his cut, and those who paid homage to him faithfully had his complete and unwavering loyalty. 
Rahman was presently checking the license of some tourists on motorcycles when one of the trucks belonging to a sex trafficking syndicate he took bribes from turned up. Ask them to pull up next to the tree, he instructed Constable Govind Nair, a man from the old school of honest cops. Nair was a middle-aged father of two with an early onset of arthritis that had left him limping. He had worked with Rahman for the last five years. He detested his boss's corrupt ways, criminal activities and mistreatment of staff. Nair had complained to the Internal Affairs Board several times, anonymously, but refused to go on record because he knew of Rahman's influence with the criminality. He had heard of several instances where people who crossed him or threatened to expose his criminal activities had ended up at the bottom of a ravine. And there were several in this part of the world. He had two kids to feed. He was no good dead to them. Rahman walked up to the driver's side of the truck and looked up at the skinny 17-year-old at the wheel. Take the truck to my quarters. Rahman said. But Saab, I have to get the stock to Chandan's in a couple of hours. Chandan's was an anything-goes brothel across the border, specifically catering to sick fucks. Needless to say, the girls who passed through the doors never returned. That is what the guy who drove the last load said as well, and I let it go. Once in a while, I do like my treats. Your bosses know about this, Rahman said, scratching his hands. But we pay you well, Sahib, the driver said with a stupid grin. Rahman pulled open the door and dragged the driver down to the ground. He pressed his leg down on the driver's back. You filthy dog! You presume to tell me what my entitlements are! Nair ran towards his boss. Uh, No, sir. People are watching. Please. Not here. Rahman gave Nair a dirty look that shut him up. He reached down and hit the driver on the back of his head. The other motorists watched in horror as the man cried out in pain. Rahman picked him up by the collar and said, If you don't do as I say, I will pour petrol over you and burn you in front of these people. And you know what? No one will dare come to your rescue. The driver nodded vigorously, tears streaming down his cheeks. Naya, drive me to my cottage. I need to inspect the goods closely. Rahman flashed him a smile. Nair grimaced and shook his head. He started the department jeep and pulled up beside Rahman, who was busy giving instructions to the officers. I want you to collect a minimum of 50,000 rupees per officer every hour.
Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply.